get real. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello and welcome to America WK. My name is Andrew WK and it is wonderful, if not different, to be back with you for another weekly episode of this show. I sincerely, perhaps more than ever before, hope that you are feeling good and doing well. Because, in case you already couldn't tell, today I have not been feeling so well. I am suffering. Now, first and foremost, I debated whether to tell you that I am ill right now. I have what is best described as a classic stomach flu or some kind of stomach bug or food poisoning. I debated whether or not to tell you that because in the past I've struggled with admitting weakness, admitting in moments of illness or in moments of being compromised in any other way that uh, it's, 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 it's been hard for me. I'm not proud of that, and I'm certainly not complaining. I also don't want your pity, uh, or I don't need your sympathy. And of course, if you've ever had food poisoning, and I assure you that is probably what it is, because it came on so suddenly, there was no buildup, and I ate a lot of garlic tonight. And if you've ever had food poisoning, you know that whatever the food was that gave you that illness, it just seems to take over your entire being. You become garlic. Even saying the word garlic becomes sort of a verbal ipecac. The idea of the word garlic, not to mention the smell that I keep smelling as it comes through my pores and I'm burping it up. It is like a, uh, a magic potion of the mind trying to purge my body of every last ounce of garlic that I've ever eaten in my entire life. It was a chimichurri sauce, and it was good. It was too good. I ate a lot of it. Now, in my business of music performance, show business, rock and roll, entertainment, food poisoning, and I didn't realize this until recently, but food poisoning, or telling someone that you have food poisoning, or that you can't do something, you can't meet an obligation, because of food poisoning, that, I was told, is some sort of unofficial code for that you have a hangover, that you consume too much alcohol. Well, I promise you, I swear on my life, that I didn't drink any alcohol. In fact, I kind of wish I had, because maybe that would have burned out somehow, sort of neutralized whatever this poison is that I did ingest in this garlic. And of course... If you've ever had this feeling, you you understand the weakness that comes over the body. A physical weakness, a spiritual weakness, a mental weakness. It's true and total weakness. And of course, I thought about not doing the show today. I mean, it crossed my mind. It was painful to even consider. I never actually 100% believed that I wouldn't do it. But I didn't really see how I would. So... I decided to do it and sort of ended up getting the strength to just move across the room and set up this equipment here. I mustered up the strength 
because I realized I could talk to you about this very subject. And considering how much of the time we've already talked about strength and resilience and adversity on this show, I thought, well, here, put your money where your mouth is. Oh, see right there. Just thinking about my mouth, putting anything into it, money or... Ooh. Forgive me, please. Oh, see right there. That just, this, that smelled like someone just jammed garlic up my nose right there. I just burped. Glad that you can't smell it. I don't w wish that on anybody. I don't wish, of course, anybody to ever feel this way. I'm asking you to bond with me here if you have ever felt this way, and I'm guessing you probably have. I don't want you to have felt this way. And I'm not complaining. I was able to find the strength to do the show by thinking about talking with you, that that would actually be better and, and sort of give me something to focus on. Sometimes it's strange. The way out of a bad feeling is by going deeper into it, thinking about it and talking about it, uh, rather than trying to ignore it and pretend it isn't there. Sometimes that seems to be more effective. And I thought that this was so, such a perfect example of some of the challenges that we've talked about overcoming. But we've never really talked about coming, <laughs> overcoming a physical challenge like this, a, a very specific physical weakness that hits you out of nowhere. So I want to talk to you about it. I want to tell you a little bit more about how I feel. And I apologize in advance for this graphic description. I'm going to try to keep it relatively clean. But uh, again, this is therapeutic for me. You are healing me. And I cannot thank you enough. And I really do mean that. You are healing me as I'm going through this. I actually feel better already. Just five and a half minutes into the show. I'm sorry for the huffing and puffing too. Um, so that feeling is that there is... Uh, how can I describe it? A Ferris wheel inside my stomach with garlic, with a huge seat full of garlic in one of the cars of this Ferris wheel. And unlike other Ferris wheels, this Ferris wheel has an exit at not just the bottom, but also at the top. And it's like a gamble to see where the Ferris wheel will spin and then stop. Oh, that's not good to talk about. Let's move on. Oh, you know what? My skin feels like like it's uh, on fire, like every hair follicle has a nerve ending directly connected just for it. And my clothing feels like sandpaper. It's very strange to have that combination of simultaneously burning hot and sweating, and of course freezing cold at the same time, chills and goosebumps. Uh, the, uh, the mental state, it's amazing the thoughts that go through your head in a situation like this. Again, doing this show is so important to me that I was very determined to find a way to muster up the strength to do this. But if for some reason I can't make it through, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it may collapse, I suppose, but I don't think it's that bad. It just might be a lot of huffing and puffing and these long, extended silences. In those silences, I'll just be praying for peace on earth. Maybe you can do the same, pray for strength in general. And again, you know, one of the things that first crossed my mind and crosses my mind, especially as I'm whining like this, is how many people feel like this or worse all the time, all over the world, for all different kinds of reasons. Of course, there's a solidarity there and there's an empathy there and a compassion there, but there's also an amazing sense of gratitude you get that you don't necessarily have to feel like this that often. It's so humbling. It puts everything into perspective in terms of what really matters in life.
uh, sort of how important health is, how much it impacts, how much we take it for granted, or how much at least I was taking it for granted. But I've been in situations like this before, and that's what I was able to call upon, one of the other things. So able to call upon, one, the idea that this show, doing it with you, would be healing. It would actually make me feel better rather than worse. Two, I was able to, of course, call upon my sense of obligation, my dedication, how important this is to me, the pride I take in doing this every week with you. That is always motivating. That brings the best out of you. It brings out strength that you may not have realized you had. And I've also been in this situation before. And in some ways, that is the most empowering in moments of extreme suffering. Knowing that you've been through something similar or even worse before and were able to get through it. Doesn't mean that it was easy. It doesn't mean that it was without extraordinary suffering. Doesn't mean there weren't moments when you didn't think you would make it through somehow or another. But you did. You came out the other end. All the better for it. If not only just to have it as a touchstone, as a reference point, as a memory, as a lesson to turn to and say, I did that. The worst food poisoning I ever had was in Japan after eating rotten sushi. I mean, you can only imagine. I wound up in the hospital. And there was other aspects to that experience that were even additionally more challenging than just the food poisoning. Being accused of things I didn't do having friends turned against me and the, at the weakest moment, you know, very distressing, pushed me to my limit in many ways. And that, in terms of illness, that was the sick, most sick I ever did. And you know what? I still played the concert that night. I still played the show. I didn't play it well, but I got up on the stage and did it. I knew if I could do that, that I could do the show today. What touchstones do you have to turn to in these kinds of moments? This is some kind of version of America WK. Thank you so much. I'll be right back. America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. A couple who lives off the discarded food in dumpsters missed their court appearance on uh, theft charges because they got food poisoning. They were accused of stealing nine bottles of wine from that same store. So you're used to eating food out of dumpsters. That's who you are. But then you go and steal wine. Honey, what goes good with that 45 Chateau Motor Rothschild? Spoiled chicken with cigarette butts or expired beef and dryer lint? The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The only radio show restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. My name is Andrew WK. And I want to apologize right off the bat for my belabored breathing and my sort of compromised vitality right now. I was just talking with you about the fact that I have some kind of, that I have come down with some sort of stomach flu or food poisoning. My instinct is that it's food poisoning because it came out of nowhere. I literally, within 10 minutes, entered a kind of hellish physical state. I don't need to describe the rest if you've ever had food poisoning. I tried to describe some of the surrounding symptoms and how unpleasant they are, but I, I, that explains, it does not excuse, it explains 
the strange tempo and meter and rhythm of my delivery here. But I was talking about all the things that went through my mind, knowing that I wanted to do my show with you today. Uh, I called upon many different core ideas that I used to actually get me up off the floor and crawl over and set up this equipment to speak with you. The first one was that it would be a healing experience actually just speaking with you. And because we've talked so much about resilience, about adversity, about challenges, that this physical challenge, rising up and finding the strength within yourself to overcome a physical challenge, which in some ways is harder and in some ways is easier than a mental, emotional, or spiritual challenge. But that talking to you about this would actually be a way to heal, that I would feel better for doing it. And I actually can say now, into the second segment here, as I my body is pushing garlic air out of my pores and throat, that I do feel better. I mean, even just 1% counts a lot when you feel like this, 1% better. I also realized that doing this show was important to me. and In many ways, I wouldn't miss it for anything, or certainly not for this. I am physically able to do it. It might not be the best. And part of me was very embarrassed about even admitting to you this. I thought about not saying anything about doing the show and just pretending I wasn't sick, which I've done many times in my life. But I thought that you would be able to bond with me and I with you about this topic because it's so close to home with the themes that we discuss here. And I also, I'm trying to get over that type of pride. I used to think it was a kind of strength. I actually think not admitting when you're weak is not strong at all. It's a, it's a type of weakness in itself. I didn't want people to think less of me. I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. I didn't want people to think I was somehow to blame. Uh, even if I was, I just somehow wanted to seem superhuman, even to myself. But now I think I want to have the strength to admit when I'm feeling weak. I want to have the courage to be honest about that, because I'm hoping there will be something useful in this discussion, not just for me and my healing process here, but for you too. Maybe you'll be able to look at this very show and these ideas as a helpful touchstone, a helpful set of truths to call upon in moments of physical strife, physical suffering, even just basic, you know, food poisoning like this. But I'll tell you, the food poisoning I've had over the years is definitely always the sickest I've ever been. I'm thankful for that, knowing how many other people out there, and maybe even you, have suffered in this world from illness. It really puts things into a very different perspective. I mean, just moving my body right now feels like my skeleton is made out of stone. feels like every muscle inside my body is, is, is wrong. It's just somehow fundamentally flawed. It hurts so much. Uh, I'm not telling you that again for pity. I'm telling you that to bond with you in the event that you felt this exact same way. Hey, maybe you feel it right now. Holy smokes, that would be amazing. We'll talk ourselves through this together. But I also called upon situations in which I've felt like this in the past, uh, even worse than this, and was somehow able to complete the tasks at hand to do what was expected of me, regardless of feeling so weak and so compromised. The hardest thing I ever really did in my life was play a concert uh, after being in the hospital for severe sushi 
food poisoning in Japan. I mean, I, I don't really know how I did that. Um, that was quite strange. I don't know that I could do it again. But thinking back to that and realizing that somehow I did get through that gave me some hope that I could do this with you and get through it. And we are getting through it second by second, some way or another. It's not going to be the greatest show in the world, but it's something. We're talking about physical suffering and finding the strength to rise above it or work through it. Other moments when I've been like this, I mean, anytime I've had a fever, I don't know. There's so many strange things when you have a fever. All these unique qualities that emerge that, for me, go back to the first fevers I ever remember having as a four or five-year-old boy. This, it's almost, it's like a flavor. There's a certain flavor in the back of your throat. There's a certain kind of rhythm, like an incessant, irritating, annoying, musical rhythm kind of pulsing through you. I oftentimes get a... Oh, Songs stuck in my head, sometimes songs I like, sometimes songs I don't, but no matter what, they all turn into a song I can't stand because it just won't stop. This repetitive, repetitive scenes of great struggle, these sort of delirious dreams of people struggling with huge machines uh, in these industrial settings, these giants wrestling with huge 20,000 ton masses of clay and lead and trying to balance them on the heads of pins just very vivid but very particular just so, so loud volume screaming roaring internal volume i mean it's probably like hell i mean that if there if i ever could picture hell it would be something like that because it was such a world of its own this fever dream world it wasn't just the physical discomfort it was a reality it was like a being, a, a creature had descended on you or come out from within you and turned you into a different thing that felt this way, like you're not even human anymore. Oh, see, now right there, I'm thankful I don't feel that bad. See, this is really healing me. I can't thank you enough. You are, you are actually healing me. I really believe in that. I didn't used to. But after enough experiences of feeling, you know, like you're going to die, and then going through something that you thought was going to make it worse and actually makes you better, I can't, I can't deny that. This is having healing properties. There's other things I've done, and I'm sure you can relate, other physically demanding things, whether it's been having to work without sleep. I uh, once drummed on a drum set, played drums for 24 hours in Times Square as part of a, an awards ceremony, sort of a challenge, you know, this... 24-hour drum marathon challenge, and that was extremely challenging, and that was difficult. But again, I knew I could do it somewhere deep down inside because, again, I had been through these other physically demanding situations. I also think about other people and what they've been through, and not just sort of the abstract realization of the situations of others and their suffering and illness, but very specific times I've witnessed people rise above themselves or rise above their physical circumstances. A real obvious, famous one that maybe you're f familiar with is when Michael Jordan, in the height of his career, played a championship game or one of the finals or semifinals, some very pivotal game, pivotal basketball game, and played it with flu-like symptoms. I mean, essentially, I imagine he played it feeling much like, like I do right now. And he played well, not only that. He could have just shown up to the game and that would have been a great show of support, just sit on the bench, but he 
played the game, and not only played, but did extremely well. And you could tell that it was hard for him. I've, I've, I've turned to that all the time. I thought, well, if he could do that, then I can do this. It's good to have these to turn to inside of ourselves in these moments. This is America WK. We're talking about overcoming physical limitations. I'll be right back. A party for being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. Because the bakers wouldn't bake them a cake. Here's what happened to them. Acute loss of confidence. High blood pressure. Impaired digestion. Loss of appetite. Migraine headaches. Pale and sick at home after work. Resumption of smoking habit. <laughs> Weight gain. Pat and Stu. Weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. My name is Andrew WK. I hope you're doing well. As I've been explaining, I have not been feeling so well. Now, right there, as I said that, uh, oh, and in case you missed it earlier, I got some kind of stomach flu here or came down with food poisoning from something I ate. That's my best guess because. I keep burping up garlic. I'm, I'm not going to get any more graphic beyond that of what's been going out of myself. But I'm telling you this because I didn't want to miss doing this show, even though it's proving very challenging for me. I feel very weak because of this situation. And I almost didn't want to admit to you that I felt like this, but I decided that it was stronger and more courageous. It was braver of me. To be honest with you, and also that would help explain this sort of huffing and puffing and compromised quality of my voice right now. I'm not happy about this at all. But it is what it is, and we're talking about overcoming these feelings, about what you can do. And I decided that would be a great topic for the show because it touches on so many things we've talked about in the past. Overcoming physical weakness to push yourself to do something that is important to you. Doing this show is important to me. I had to find a way to do it, so I just decided to talk about it specifically. And we were just talking about ideas, thoughts, mindsets, role models, things you can turn to that you've gone through that were challenging, that you still got through despite the pain. And you can use those as inspiration when you're faced with a situation like that again. I've been through many of those playing shows when I've been sick, including one where I was really deathly ill. Still managed to play the show. Never cancel the show because of uh, illness that I can think of. I mean, I, the, the most other severe sort of uh, physical situation I've been in in terms of my rock and roll performing. I'm a rock and roll singer, in case you weren't aware. My band is called Andrew WK, and I play keyboard and I sing rock songs about partying. And there was one show, I don't remember exactly when this was, I think 2003, we were playing in Hollywood, California, and right at the beginning of the show, I'd say around the third song into the show, I got my foot tangled up in the mic cable, which actually happens quite a lot. 
when I'm singing into the microphone, this chord is getting all over the place, and that's a big part of my duty as a singer is to keep track of it. I like having the chord. I don't like using a wireless mic. Holy smokes, the nausea is really becoming overwhelming right now. Please forgive me. Anyway, uh, I tried to do a little jump kick to shake the cord off of my foot. And instead of it coming off, it tangled around more tightly. And I landed and did what I thought was sprain my ankle. I rolled over on my foot really bad where it was sideways and my ankle kind of touched the floor with my foot facing up. And it hurt bad. It hurt real bad. But I had sprained my ankle many times on stage and actually I found that the best way to deal with that was to walk it off. I mean, that's that old saying, walk it off. Um, but I really believe in that because in all the other situations where I'd sprained my ankle, walking it off actually cured it by the end of the show, nothing would be wrong. It's like the swelling never had a chance to set in because I was using it. It reset. It did whatever it had to do. I mean, the body has mysterious properties. Oh, I apologize. Oh, man. So much garlic. The body has mysterious powers. I'm not saying that this would work for everyone, but it worked for me. You know, sometimes pushing through helps you heal more than resting. And I tried that in this situation in Hollywood back in 2003 when I thought I just sprained my ankle and played the whole rest of the show. And as each song went on, I mean, we played for about an hour, hour and a half. And as each song went on, I realized that the pain was not going away, that the pain in my ankle or foot actually was getting worse and worse, um, a stabbing pain that I had never really experienced before. And by the end of the show, I was completely nauseous, much like now, but nauseous with pain, nauseous with overwhelming shooting pain from my foot. We iced it, we did all that kind of stuff, elevated it, nothing was helping, so we went to the hospital and they x-rayed it and said that I had broken my foot. Well, that was good to know, but the only problem was the next day, I was supposed to go begin, uh, like, I don't know, probably like a four-month tour of Japan and Europe and the whole rest of the world and back to the United States again. I mean, we were in the middle of full-blown touring. I didn't even have a house at that point. I didn't even live anywhere. I just lived in hotel rooms and friends and family's houses and in the tour bus. And there was no point in paying rent anywhere because... I never was there. I was just touring nonstop, playing my concerts. And the doctor said, after seeing the x-ray, that I should not play shows, that I should cancel the tour and rest. And I asked, well, how long will it take to rest? And he said, it'll take at least two months, two to six months to heal entirely. And I said, that's insane. I said, can I still travel? And he said, yes, you just can't walk on it. I said, okay, well... So if I use crutches, we put a cast on it, and I use a wheelchair to play shows, could I still do that? And he said, well, I suppose so, but it would be better if you rested. Well, I said, I'm not going to cancel this entire tour literally the day before it starts if there's a way for me to still sing, if there's still a way for me to play keyboard, there's still a way for me to headbang. So we didn't cancel it, and it was challenging, but we ended up uh, doing the whole tour on either crutches or a wheelchair 
And I got to say, I mean, living like that for those two months, because by the third month, I could sort of walk on it lightly. It actually healed very quick uh, compared to what I was told or what I thought. That experience, more than just getting through the challenge, it it just gave me a level of empathy and appreciation for all the people out there who are in wheelchairs all the time or who are in crutches for a long time or who are seriously injured in permanent ways or have whatever other physical situation that's impacting their life. I mean, to go through it like that and realize how lucky you are to not be in that situation forever, that changed my entire life. There was one awards show that we were meant to perform on. I think actually you can find video footage of this on YouTube if you look up uh, Spike Video Game Awards, Andrew WK. The uh, organizers, you know, I have no personal dis bad feelings towards them, but the organizers of this awards show, once they found out that I was in a wheelchair, they wanted me to cancel. They didn't want me to play on TV. And when I asked why not, I said, if anything, this will be you know, interesting for people to see, something unexpected. They said it's, it will look bad. It'll look bad to the viewer to have someone performing in a wheelchair. And they wanted me to cancel. And I was horrified. And of course, then it dawned on me, that's why, how often do you see people performing or doing anything in the public eye for that matter? It, it, was, it was completely a disgrace. And I absolutely refused. And I said, no, I'm going to play. And I had to sort of have a one-on-one -on -one talk with the main director and explain to him that for all the reasons he didn't want me to play is the exact reason why we should. This will be a good thing. It'll be a tribute to everybody out there who's in a wheelchair or has some kind of similar situation. So we got through that. That's a good thing to remember. Big shout out to everybody out there who's dealing with stuff like that. You have my endless respect. This is America WK. Thank you so much for being with me through this. Be right back. America WK with your host, Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Severin. Greece is a welfare state, literally. Greece is, is Newark, New Jersey. Greece has lived off other people's money for years. And one of the most brilliant quotes ever, which happens to apply here, it's the Iron Lady, Margaret Thatcher, who notably said, the problem with socialism is that eventually you run out of other people's money. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. Now, the king of partying himself, your friend and mine, Andrew W.K. Welcome back to America W.K. This is Andrew W.K. And today's show is about overcoming or working through or finding somehow the inner strength to push past physical discomfort, physical suffering. Right now, in case you couldn't tell, I'm suffering from food poisoning. And that explains the compromised breathing pattern and my ability 
uh, has been compromised to do this show at the level that I normally would. It's harder for me to compose my thoughts clearly. Just breathing takes effort to a degree. If you've ever had food poisoning, you understand that it's a full body situation. But I wanted to tell you this and I wanted to make the show about it because I wouldn't miss doing this show for really anything. Certainly not for this. This is painful, but it's not stopping me from talking with you. And we've been going over all the different inner resources that we can call upon in these moments. Types of strength, types of lessons, examples, situations we've seen other people overcome, situations we ourselves have overcome that taught us that we had an inner power that maybe exceeded what our body felt capable of doing. Whether it's been broken feet or other cases of extreme fever and illness or just general exhaustion or other difficulty, there's always a way. It seems that it really takes an extreme amount to put someone down and out who's determined not to give in. And I'm not in the worst situation in the world. But as bad as it, as it is, I'm not going to give up, uh, and I really want to finish this show with you today. You know, one thing that crossed my mind as I realized I was feeling like this and that this was not going away, sometimes these food poisoning things will last just for a few minutes. The worst one I've ever had lasted for a couple of days, and then I even had a second one right after it, which was just, you know, Unbelievable. This one, uh, I'm into, I don't know, the, I'd say about the sixth hour of it right now. It's, it's unfortunately been getting worse as I've been going, but talking to you is, it's actually not keeping my mind off of it. It's keeping my mind on it in a way that I'm determined to do. It's like facing a fear. I'm not turning away from it. I'm not pretending it's not there. I'm not trying to stop thinking about it. I want to go in. The way out of the nightmare is going deeper in. The way out of the pain and suffering is going deeper in, going underneath it. But anyway, as this feeling really set in, and I realized it wasn't going to go away, and that if I wanted to do the show with you today, that it was most likely going to have to do it while feeling like this, I started thinking in sort of more intangible ways about why this happened. And of course, food poisoning is food poisoning. We don't need to go too past that. I mean, it was some fluke, but of course my mind couldn't help but think, is this some kind of spiritual punishment? Is this karma in some way? What did I do to deserve this? And rather than feel bad about that, I actually find that to be helpful. If only to give some kind of meaning, to be able to extract some kind of purpose to going through this. If this is punishment, then I'm taking it. Point taken. Punishment felt and I was trying to think about what it could be punishment for. And there were literally dozens of things just over the last handful of days. Moments I lost my temper or lost my patience. Moments I became irritable outwardly as well as inwardly. Times when I thought horrible thoughts, mean-spirited thoughts, feelings of resentment, anger, Choosing not to turn to deeper thoughts of honesty that would have relieved me of those angry feelings, but instead chose to go deeper into the madness, 
I was thinking maybe this is payback for all of that. Well, if it is, again, it's working. Your point is made. This is, uh, it's bad. It feels bad. But as I've talked about with you before, these bad feelings, they can be worth something. And at least that makes them not completely empty and devoid of value. And maybe this will inspire me next time that I'm feeling those low, low thoughts creep in, feeling myself losing the strength or the willingness to be a better person. Maybe I'll remember this. I hope to. And it will pull me back from the brink. They say, I was just reading about this last night, they say that when you do give in to those lower impulses inside you, you open yourself up to attack. Whether it's mental or spiritual or, in my case, physical attack to sickness. And I must admit that I had been feeling quite angry and negative over this past week or two. And I've been very upset about it too, very conflicted about it. Why? Why do I feel like this? Actually, my advice column this past week, I write a weekly advice column in the Village Voice. It's online as well. If you just look up Andrew WK advice column, you can find it there. And sometimes the advice column has this uncanny, almost synchronistic way of relating very directly to things I'm going through, almost like it's in the ether. Someone had written in exactly about what I was personally feeling, about this anger. It was slightly different, slightly different. His was manifesting, um, I believe it was a he, he or she, they were manifesting their anger in a more physical way and lashing out. And while I have experience with that too, mine often remains inward. And I'm wondering if all the anger I've been feeling and thinking about this is somehow a, a real sign telling me that I can't keep feeling that way. You've got to get a handle. You've got to rise above that. We're talking about rising over physical pain. This is America WK. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. You probably have this in the back of your mind as well. Even if you're somebody who believes in secure border, if you don't buy into all this media stuff, there is probably a part of you that could at least recite the talking points. That's successful propaganda when it exists in your brain without you even knowing it. And you say, well, uh, this is immigrant, illegal immigrant, illegal alien, actually. See, I just did it. I was not even intending to do that. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. America WK, with your friend and mine, Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK, and during that last break, and I want to prepare you for this, I vomited. I went and vomited. 
So the Ferris wheel stopped at the top and exited garlic and undigested vegetables and rice and stuff. I will not get any more graphic than that. But the good thing is, is despite that being the worst moment so far of this ordeal, I now feel the best I've felt since I've begun speaking with you during today's episode. In case you're just joining me, uh, I'm talking about the fact that for this episode, I have been suffering from some kind of food poisoning, a stomach bug, and it has been very challenging. And uh, as we discussed earlier in the episode, I considered, well, first of all, not doing the episode, but that really wasn't an option in my mind because this is very important to me. So the second option was to do the show but not mention the fact that my health was compromised. But I felt that uh, that was a bit of weakness, being afraid to tell you I wanted to open up about that because I felt that this topic was so poignant considering what we discuss on this show in terms of overcoming obstacles and adversity. I mean, here's a real physical challenge that I was facing. And I also really felt that doing the show would actually make me feel better. And it has. I mean, this is the best I've felt over the last eight hours almost. And I really don't think I could have done it without you, without talking with you here. Uh, and I talked about also being able to call upon past experiences where we suffered and got through it. And remember that. Remember that despite feeling at times in the past that we couldn't overcome our physical pain, that we actually did and we got through it and that we can use those touchstones to call upon that strength once again or to think of the strength of other people in situations in which we've watched other people rise above their physical challenges. So all of those things can be helpful. We also discussed that maybe this is some kind of payment, some kind of punishment for my misbehavior in the past, you know, very recent past or a past that I can't even really remember. That always occurs to me in those moments of severe illness. What have I done to deserve this? And rather than feel I've done nothing, I can actually list off all kinds of stuff. You know, I haven't been living a perfect life and until that happens, I shouldn't expect to have perfect health, I would imagine. So perhaps that was a, a lesson and that helps make the suffering a little less empty, a little less meaningless, give a purpose to it, to try to always be extracting and learning from our hardships. That is one of the hallmarks of positive thinking, to find meaning, to have faith even in the hardest ordeals, that somehow it is part of a path that is meant to help us grow. And one thing that was interesting, and again, I won't get too graphic, and I apologize for the amount of discussion I've already devoted to illness, but as I was vomiting, it really was the worst so far. I mean, if you've ever done that to me, I dread throwing up very much. In fact, my mom is 100% committed to never throwing up. I actually don't think she has thrown up in years and years and years, dozens of years. She hates throwing up so much <clears throat> that she will suffer through hours and hours, even days of nausea and other physical symptoms just to avoid throwing up. Because as you are probably aware, and as I just experienced, the big buildup, the big crescendo to finally vomiting, despite being the most uncomfortable and painful and scary in, in many ways part 
of the sick process. Once you're done puking, you feel better. You feel amazingly better. I think endorphins are released. I mean, clearly you got out some of that poison that was inside. And even if it doesn't last for too long, it is such a relief. And there you go. I thought, well, we've talked about this exact thing, this exact phenomenon, how sometimes the most painful, the most challenging, the most uncomfortable, the most frightening, the most unpleasant, the most unappealing experiences are the ones that ultimately are the most rewarding. And this one was very black and white, impossible to deny. I literally could not have felt worse. Felt like I was going to break my ribs as I'm dry heaving there. But once it was done, I felt incredibly good compared to how I had felt just moments before. So why is that? What, what is it about that? Not in any way to put them in the same league, but another much more extreme example would be childbirth. I don't think anyone would deny that the most miraculous, fantastic, and beautiful human experience is being able to give birth to a new life. But I don't think there's probably a woman on earth who would say that it wasn't as painful, if not the most painful thing they've ever experienced. Why is that? What does that tell us? What is that symbolic of? What can we extract from that so that when we're not in these really extreme situations, we can still learn from whatever that lesson is trying to teach us. What does that mean? Maybe it means that we have to uh, have faith, as we've talked about before, have faith in these painful experiences, not to encourage them and not necessarily to seek them out, but when we do find ourselves in them, however they've come about, to try and realize that there's something that will add to our life about this. Maybe not always. I'm sure we can think of exceptions to that. But uh, it's fresh in my mind right now, considering what I've been going through with you on this episode. I really didn't know if I was going to even make it this far, to be honest. And again, I cannot thank you enough for helping me do this. I had all kinds of things planned out for today's show. But once I became ill... It all kind of went out the window. Ooh, excuse me. But one topic, actually, that I thought of as I've been struggling with you here, struggling to talk, was that uh, I noticed as I was telling you about the way I've been feeling that I put all of the terms in the past tense. So, or I tried to at least. I may have slipped up. But meaning that I didn't say I am sick, well, I probably did a few times, but I wanted to say, I have been feeling sick. I have been feeling ill. I've been suffering from food poisoning. There seems to be a big difference when dealing with some negative situation or idea. A big difference between stating that situation as a current, present and perhaps even ongoing definitive state, like I am sick. And the difference between that and saying, I have been feeling unwell, I have been feeling sick, I got sick, I am not sick, I have been feeling sick up until this moment, and now I'm hoping that I don't feel sick. I've tried to work that type of language discipline into my uh, 
speaking uh, in, in, any, in, in any situation where I'm talking about negativity. So I try to not say, for example, uh, I've really been struggling with my anger. I'm, pardon me, I said, that is what I try to say. Oh, boy. I've really been struggling, not I really am struggling. And I've talked to friends about this, and they said, oh, that's just, there's no difference there. That's just apples and oranges. It means the same thing. But to me, it didn't mean the same thing, and it didn't feel the same way to say it, because when I said it in the past tense, it gave me a sense of hope, a sense of possibility that I wouldn't <clears throat> be feeling that going into the future, that it wasn't endless and definitive in a perpetual state that I was in, that I was going to get better, I was going to be feeling better, whatever the negative situation was, was going to pass. It was already passing. In fact, it already had passed. We've entered the future where things are better. And uh, it's just an idea I'm offering you to try when you're thinking to yourself and especially speaking out loud. To put things that are negative, shortcomings, bad things in the past tense. For example, if you're someone who wants to play guitar, I'm not a very good guitar player. Now see right there, I would have been much better off saying, I haven't been very good at guitar yet. It's something I would like to get better at. I've always struggled with playing the guitar but it's something I'm practicing and trying to improve at. It makes a big difference. This is America WK. You are staying by my side, and I couldn't be more grateful you're healing me as we continue. Thank you. We'll be right back. This is Andrew WK. You're listening to America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Matt Walsh. You could definitely make a good argument for taking the Confederate flag down from public property like state houses and that sort of thing. But I would argue that now, right now, is the worst time to take it down. Because if you remove it now, the only reason you're removing it, and there could have been all these other good reasons, but the only reason you're removing it now is simply in response to what Dylan Roof did. Matt Walsh. Available on demand anytime at theblaze.com slash radio. This is America WK with Andrew WK, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to America WK. This is the episode devoted to finding the inner strength to rise above physical discomfort. I've been suffering from some kind of illness here. I've been feeling very weak. At times, it's been an extreme struggle just to breathe, let alone speak. Of course, it's not that bad. I'm not in the hospital or anything. It's just some kind of food poisoning. But if you've ever had food poisoning, you know how it can be. But I wanted to do this show with you today, and I am so glad that I am doing it with you because it's healing me. Before the break there, we were talking about language and how to use the power of past tense and present tense or perpetual tense to help uh, put a more empowering and positive spin on what we say and think and believe. And what I was first pointing out was that as I've been telling you about the illness I've been suffering from today, I've been trying to put it all in the past tense, that I've been feeling sick, that I came down with some kind of food poisoning. I didn't want to say I am sick. I didn't want to say I have food poisoning. 
I could say I got food poisoning. I wanted to leave the future unwritten and open. Wanted to give myself the opportunity, the possibility of feeling better and not being sick. So on the flip side, you can actually put positive ideas and declarations into the present and definitive state. And one really easy example that I noticed, that I've worked at, I've noticed a lot of help other people doing, is when you're complimenting someone, especially about how they look in terms of beauty, if you say, looking back at a picture of someone from that night, you say, oh, you looked so beautiful, or that dress is so pretty, versus you are so beautiful, you are so pretty. Not even that you look pretty, that you are. Because look, that hints at some kind of temporary, uh, conditional beauty that isn't necessarily even real, that it's a result of a dress or of makeup or of a certain atmosphere or lighting or mood the person was in. But if they are beautiful, then it's perpetual. It's on all sides. These are something to keep in mind. And it can be easy to think, excuse me, that words don't have this much power. But when, honestly, when was the last time that you even thought an idea to yourself that wasn't completely made up of language, of words? We've gotten to a point as a living creature here where the world is words. Our mind is made of words. Every experience is broken down and translated through language. It's hard to even imagine being able to think about something without words. Maybe the closest experience that we can get is with music, where there's an effortless ability to experience this thing, this melody and rhythm and sound that words can really not express or even comment on. Past, I like it, it's, it's nice. It's beautiful or I don't like it. But if we picture something in our head, how long does it take for you to picture an image before that image is a word or turns into a word or speaks to you by its given name? It would take a lot of discipline, a lot of concentration and focus to be able to exist without words. I imagine that babies, really little babies are able to live without words Despite that they're hearing them, they're just sound without any meaning. And we can still believe that ourselves, that these are just sounds. They don't have any meaning. Well, they, they don't beyond the meaning that we give to them. And that's always a fun exercise to repeat a word or a name until it just becomes a sound over and over and over and over. Over, 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 over. Already that started to just be a very strange set of sounds to me. Didn't really have much meaning at that point, but now it has meaning has returned. I don't know that there's much we can do or if it's even worth making an effort except to sort of find a novel experience in it to try to disassociate meaning with words or try to stop thinking with words. But it's certainly worth choosing those words carefully once we realize how much of our world is made up of them. And a huge step in trying to be a better person, being better than you once were, involves getting control of that language. It is a lifelong journey for me.
talking with you actually helps a lot. Having conversations with people where you really try to express yourself, trying to tell someone very intimately about these feelings and these thoughts and these realities within you to try to bring them out and give them shape through words. I found that to be very, very empowering. But we certainly owe it to ourselves, the people around us, and to language itself, which is this incredible phenomenon, this magical thing, to understand the power that words have, that they are real. The whole idea that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me, there's some truth to that, but there's also a lot of truth that words are very powerful because we want them to be powerful. We need them to be powerful. That's how we are navigating existence. It's how we're extracting meaning and explaining the world to ourselves as we go through. So choose these words carefully and love these words and use them with full awareness of what they're doing to you and the people around you. I mean, there's, there's people that say that words are actually living beings. How about that for far out? That a word is a being, like a person. And no, it's hard to even imagine that. But what if that were true? A living being that had its own powers, its own qualities, its own ability to influence things just like you or I could, that words are living things, that what they represent are true realities. It's not just a label, that the word is the thing. The word isn't just referencing something, like tree isn't just referring to a tree, that the tree is a tree, inseparable from that word that sound. So without going too much deeper into it, because I'm fading, I'm not proud of it. I'm fading here. This, this Doing this show with you today, I will definitely put into my top 10 most challenging physical experiences. I've never actually really done anything quite like this. I've played shows while feeling like this, but I, I'll tell you, when you play a concert feeling sick, having felt sick and having played concerts, I can tell you that the music takes over. The adrenaline from the music, from being in that room with all those people, there's a lot of power that you can harness and ride. Talking with you here one-on-one, -on -one, no disrespect, it's more challenging. I don't have that pounding party music to energize me. All I have is my willpower and my commitment to you. You're important to me. And something else I was thinking about as I was laying on the tile floor of the bathroom, wheezing and wondering when the next wave of nausea was going to hit. I was wondering, I was thinking about how hard it's been to go through these kinds of physical challenges alone. Because I have gone through some in the past where, you know, I didn't have a wife. I didn't have a mom or dad there at the time. I was traveling or living alone and there was no one there to comfort me. And that was hard. And so I want to tell you that, even if this sounds sort of impossible, I'm there. This feeling is there. Things are there for you. Spirit is there. You're never alone. You really aren't. You are there. Your own spirit within you is there to comfort you. I really believe that. So never feel alone when you're feeling bad. Be right back, America WK. A party for being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network.
Mike Slater. The three branches of government that we've learned forever, right? The executive, the legislative, and the judicial, the three branches of government have now become the three departments of government. The legislative branch and the judicial branch all, and the executive branch all work on the same team as opposed to checking each other to protect our liberty. They now work in tandem to promote their agenda. Very different. Mike Slater, Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The only radio show restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK, and today's show has all been about suffering with physical pain. I have been suffering from some kind of food poisoning. Without going into the details all over again, it's been very challenging. I wanted to do this show so badly, and I knew that my abilities were going to be compromised. I was not going to be able to do the show at the level that I would like, that I hold myself to. But I still felt it was better to do the show than not. And I felt it was better to tell you how I was feeling than to keep it secret. Even now, I'm wondering if that was a bad idea, if I should have just faked my way th- through feeling fine and not said anything. But I thought it was actually stronger, that it's a sign of, of strength. And I'm always trying to learn how to be more brave and more strong, that this was an opportunity to be strong in admitting weakness, admitting a moment where I'm weak. I've really struggled with that in the past. I don't want to tell people that I haven't wanted to tell or admit to anyone when I feel compromised in any way. I'm not exactly sure why. Probably very obvious reasons. But the reason I told you about it today was not just because I felt like it was the more noble, courageous thing to do, but also because it allowed us to focus on this very topic of physical discomfort and pushing yourself through it when you find yourself in it. Like many people, I've been in situations like this before, but I've never had to do a radio show before. And you know what? I probably could have not done the show today. I probably could have not done it, but I would have felt bad about that. I would have felt bad about that because deep down inside, I knew I could do it. I knew it would be extremely painful, that it might not be the best show, that I wouldn't be necessarily that proud of how the show went in terms of what I said and how well I said it. But I would at least feel that I tried my best. And there's that elusive idea that we face so often in life. Doing your best. Just do your best. Well, this was a chance for me to really look at that. Sometimes it's very hard to understand what that idea really means. What does it mean to really try your best, do your best? How good is our best? That's what I always wondered. Where do you draw the line? How hard do you push yourself? Well, this was me doing my best. This this took, in many ways, all I had. Or at least it felt like that. Of course, yeah, there could have been many more challenging situations that, that I could have been in and that people are in and have been in. And believe me, I thought about that. That was very motivating to get some perspective, to think, well, I'm complaining and whining, thinking how bad I feel. There's people that have felt like this every day of their lives, or much worse. People, I can't even imagine the suffering. I really cannot imagine their suffering. All I can do is take the most extreme suffering that I'm currently in 
and try extending it, try amplifying it, try compounding it and exaggerating it. Just trying to fantasize, well, that's not the right word, trying to nightmarize what that would be like. I think it's important to have moments where you, we do do that, where we do fathom the depth of suffering that people are going through and relate to it however you can. That's something else good that I can take out of this. It's humbling. All this stuff is humbling. And isn't it funny? Isn't it so strange? I wonder if you'll relate to this. How when you're not feeling like this, when you're feeling perfectly healthy and on top of the world, just, it, it might as well have never happened. You might as well have never been sick. You can barely even imagine what it felt like. Sure, you might re remember the vomiting and, oh yeah, I had a fever, it was really hard. But you don't really remember it. It's like your mind blocks it out for good reason. But it's so easy to become all cavalier and, you know, take your health for granted until you don't feel so healthy. And boy, oh boy, then it all comes crashing in. Then you think about every time that you were sick. And then you think about, oh, just earlier today, I had it so good. I was so ob ob oblivious to how I was going to feel later. I wish I had appreciated those moments more. Oh, woe is me. And it's not necessarily self-pity. I think we're entitled to investigating those feelings when you feel like that. It's it's healthy. Because, you know what, when I'm healthier after this, and I certainly, as I can already say, feel better now than I did at the beginning of the show when I could really barely talk, that this has added some kind of perspective. I mean, it certainly made me appreciate how amazing the body is for being so resilient most of the time. And how frightening it is to think all that we're encountering, all the, the, the harm that could be done to our body, how fragile it is that just that we eat every day. We're just throwing all this food down our throat. Who knows what's going on with it? Half the time, it probably is tainted food and our body is just strong enough to overcome it. We don't even realize it. And this time, when we do realize it, it really makes you wonder, like, holy cow, I gotta watch out what I'm eating. Where's the stuff coming from? Who's preparing it? How is it getting taken care of? I'm very sorry, body. You know, you really feel this compassion and love for your body like it's like it's it's a family member. And it's not like a, 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 a father or a mother or a brother or sister. It's this friend of yours that is closer to you than anyone else it's this thing and when it suffers you realize how hard it's 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 breaking its back to allow you to exist it's the most beautiful thing ever and we take it for granted or right? i take it for granted so much of the time i mean the risks i've taken not to mention just health you know questionable health choices but the risks i've put my body through this precious, delicate thing that all it wants to do is allow me to live. And I just push it right to the edge, get away with as much as you can. When did that become the idea? This precious, sweet thing that allows me to experience the world, that I get to put myself inside of and go around. How amazing is that? We, we talked about the body on a whole episode, more or less, dedicated to the body, the miracle of the human body. But boy, all it takes is a bad case of food poisoning to really 
bring you closer to really feel and experience that gratitude. I mean, that's a big difference. It's easy to say these things. This is always my struggle. It's easy to think about these things, to think about life, about how to be better, about how to rise up to a higher level of yourself. It's easy to read about it. It's easy to listen to people talk about it. It's easy to think about it. It's easy to even try to do it, but to really experience it. It's devastating. It's shattering. It's so unbelievably hard. And that might be the best proof as to why it's absolutely desperately worth doing. I'm desperately trying to become better. I can tell that my life depends on it. And while it is the hardest thing to do, it's more and more clear as every day passes that it's the only thing worth doing. Everything else is secondary. Now, fortunately, a huge portion of life doesn't need to be given up or sacrificed in order to follow this pursuit of trying to improve oneself. In fact, all the most important and valuable aspects of life are bound up in it. Like health, your body, your family, your friends, being good to other people, all the things that make the most difference in the quality of life that we really can take with us are all bound up in this pursuit. It's interesting. This is America WK. I cannot thank you enough for sticking with me. I mean, you really stuck with me for this episode. We've never been through an episode like this before. I'll be right back. Thank you so much. America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. We live in troubled times. As a result of left-wing ineptitude, America has a dangerously reduced standing around the world. Back home, extremist liberals work to turn the government against we the people. President Obama should be made to understand a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for its people. Chris Salcedo, Saturdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. The undisputed king of partying invites you to a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. This entire episode has been one that has been unavoidably or unavoidably dedicated to physical suffering, physical illness, feeling sick. I have been feeling very ill, but I can say in all confidence that I feel not 100% better than when this episode first started, but I would say over 50% better. And despite the fact, I think some of that was caused by vomiting. Some of that improvement was caused by flushing out this poisonous food from my body. I think the majority of my good feeling, my improved feeling is because of you because of having this chance to talk to you, I've said that before, not just in this episode, but probably every episode, that I consider this a privilege. You are doing me a service being with me on this show. This is not something I'm just giving to you. 
you're giving this to me. You have made me feel better just today physically, not to mention emotionally, mentally, spiritually. So I want you to understand that it's my privilege to do this. That's why I wouldn't have missed this show. Even when I was sort of contemplating how I was going to physically do it, there was never really a doubt in my mind that I would find a way to get through the show. Sometimes you just stop thinking at all about how you're going to do something and you just, next thing you know, you put your foot forward. Well, in this case, I crawled. I put my knee forward. I put my other knee forward. I decided to hand hold the microphone instead of putting it on the stand. I tried laying down to do the show, but that actually made me more nauseous. But next thing you know, it's the last segment and we've made it and I could not have made it without you. And of course, I will remember this, and I hope that you can hold on to some piece of this that wasn't just disgusting and tiring to listen to, but had some kind of value that if you find yourself in a similar situation, you can call upon this kind of experience that I went through and say, well, hey, if he could do it, I can do it. Because you can. You can do it. None of us really know what we're fully capable of. And I don't just mean that in a technical sense, like human beings only use a small percentage of their brain considering what is available, or that none of us are really pushed to the limit physically to ever have a reason to challenge ourselves. I mean, beyond that, we don't really know individually. That's what life is. It's finding out what we're capable of or trying to find out and push ourselves as far as we can be while we have the chance. And in that way... As strange and as paradoxical, as contradictory as it is, I'm glad that this all happened the way it did. I'm glad I felt this sick during the show because I never would have gone through this experience before. And I never had gone through an experience quite like this one. It was really challenging. But it's strange to think that we almost want to seek out those experiences. We want to have moments that force us to test ourselves. And sometimes those tests are huge. I mean, I, we talk a lot about all the little tests day to day to see if we have what it takes, to see if we're strong enough to be a good person. Well, holy smokes, this was a real test. This wasn't just being patient while waiting in line, trying to be polite, trying to control anger and feelings of sadness. This was a physical test of pure willpower. That's a test. It makes the other stuff seem very easy. But I can safely say that at the same time, that in the moments when I've been struggling with anger, with depression, it felt even more challenging than this physical illness. It's hard to really picture that for me right now because I've been feeling so bad physically. My mind has actually been feeling good. There's something strange about that too. The clarity. I mean, how many times have we seen people go through truly, truly horrific health situations? And come out the other side with a type of joyful resilience. Sorry, I'm getting very emotional about that. I've seen people do it. And not, not only did they face these life or death situations with as much dignity as they could, they came out of it a, you know, a better person. I wish us all to find that within us and to have something in our life that allows us to get to that place. I hope that it's not painful. 
But if it is, know that you can call upon these inner strengths. They are there for a reason. They're to make us be who we really are. You are making me be who I really am. I only hope that this show offers some version of that to you. If it, if it only just confirms, that's actually what I kind of hope that it does. I hope it confirms all the things you've already been thinking about. Maybe some of them very clearly. Maybe some of them are just more abstract thoughts in the back of your mind. I hope that this confirms it, like it, it, that this show cheers you on and encourages you, encourages me, encourages both of us to not just put those thoughts out of our head, to not feel silly or like it's corny to think about that stuff or it's, it's stupid or it's not tough. This is the most important stuff to think about. This is life. Everything else is a cop-out. Everything else is settling for less. Everything else is not developing the strength to really get into life. What is going on with this thing called life? Use every experience as a means to get into that question. Until you're living inside the question, you become the question. The biggest question of all, what is the meaning? What is going on? What is really happening? Who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? You live inside of it. We live in it 24-7, surrounded 360 degrees on all sides. We become that question. And maybe that is the best we can do, to be completely bound up and connected to, to be one and the same with the biggest questions about life. This has been America WK. I could never have gone through this without you. Thank you for your patience. Oh, excuse me, for your understanding as I've struggled here. But I consider this one of the greatest shows I've done so far. Thanks to you. I love you. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.